0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of My Summer in Alaska. On this episode, I'm going to be taking you with me on my fly fishing weekend course. I've never fly fished before, so I'm excited to learn a new skill, be out in nature for a few days, and meet some new people. Let's get to class. So this course is a two-day intensive, and it's broken up in two parts. The classroom part, where we learn the basics of fishing and principles behind technique. Here's the instructor talking a bit
1: about this in class. Fly lines are about 90 feet long. So that big trophy grayling takes your fly and runs out there 90 feet. You better have room on there to have a little bit of material called backing. And then the actual fishing part.
0: So I'm going to set the scene a little bit. We drove an hour outside campus and about 45 minutes onto this drive, no cell service. So we're really in the sticks. The landscape starts changing a little bit. The trees are fuller, it's definitely more and more nature as we get closer to the pond. So now we're at the pond, I'm in my waders, I'm in the water, I'm fly fishing and my two classmates are next to me. This is Mark. i
1: from Davis, California and I got my doctorate degree at Washington State and my dissertation topic was farming salmon, Atlantic salmon. And so after I graduated, there was a job up in Alaska and I came up here as a fisheries economist. So there's no better place to work on fisheries.
0: Why were you drawn to that for your PhD?
1: Because I love fish.
0: (laughs) This is Ted. I started off by asking Ted why he chose to take this
2: class. Because I need to um, add some recreational activities to my life. And so I'm driving around Alaska camping, but I'm not doing anything other than camping. And I've always wanted to do this. I've uh, I've always wanted to catch Alaska fish and I just haven't done it for a long time so.
0: Why do you need to add recreational activities to your life?
2: Because I need to cease work activities Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kind of like retire. Yeah Um, Yeah just need to do things for fun instead of for um, whatever
0: Yeah. What do you enjoy about fishing?
2: Uh Just being out, being in Alaska, um, Alaskan waters, I like canoeing, Yeah. Um, I like going to different parts of the state, so, yeah, all of those things add up to, if I can, if I have a destination, go to a river or a lake or something like that and try to see what's in there.
0: What kind of camping do you do?
2: Um, Just camping along the road in my camper. Um, but this this camper setup is pretty... It's not restricted to um, paved roads. I've been on a lot of little tiny um, not quite off-road trails, but little small undeveloped roads and things like that. Absolutely. So I can see a lot of a lot of the state that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... You know, part of just being outside is for my health benefit too. Walking, standing up, doing things, hiking, all of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, where are you from originally?
2: I was born in Colorado. We, my family, moved here when I was about 12. So I've lived in Alaska almost my whole life. I've I went away a couple of times for work or for school, but keep coming back. There it is.
0: Thanks to Mark and Ted. After about two hours and no bites, my professor and I sat down on the grass and discussed all things fly fishing. Everything you're about to hear takes place on the pond where we were fishing. So if you hear a fly or two in the background, just know you're hearing the raw Alaskan fly fishing experience.
1: My name is Sean Jones. I'm an adjunct instructor of leisure and recreational studies at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and this is the fly fishing weekend class. Well, basically, in the 14 hour weekend workshop, I teach the very basics of fly fishing. I've had all skill levels for a range of ages.
0: Can you uh, give me a little bit about your background in fishing? Did you grow up with this? Was this something in your family?
1: Um, I started uh, fly fishing. My father first took me back when I was about 10, so it's the mid 70s. And yeah, we uh, we fished a lot in central mm-hmm. Pennsylvania and Appalachia.
0: Fishing as a culture for Alaska, like, what does it mean to people
1: here? Uh, folks take the the fishing very seriously on different levels. There's three levels that people participate in fishing in Alaska as individuals. One is the sport fishing, which we were doing today. Another type of fishing is called uh, subsistence-use fishing, where people who live particularly in rural Alaska, they fish to get enough food to help make it through the winter in their small rural communities that aren't connected by road service. And then finally, there's what's called a personal-use fishery, and they're fairly limited. Uh, They're usually salmon fisheries where we can go out with long dip nets and stick them in salmon rivers. A certain salmon rivers and uh, and bring home a large amount of fish to feed their families.
0: What are some cool experiences you've had fishing?
1: Some of the coolest experiences I've had uh, really has been seeing my students uh, come out and learn and then some of them have gone to excel in other endeavors. Uh, one of my students, freelance writer, outdoor writer. I've had other students go on to earn mm-hmm. doctoral degrees in either fisheries or wildlife biology. That's really rewarding and I, I think the other one is uh fishing with my autistic son. We really enjoyed our time of, over the years about last 10 years doing that.
0: What are some of the things you do with him fishing wise?
1: Oh, we just we just go out to a place similar to this pond. It's pretty easy access. And he mm-hmm. he waits there and you know, throws sticks in the water and I hook a fish and hand him the rod and he reels it in mm-hmm. and we have a nice nice little time together like that.
0: On that note, like how do you think fishing connects people?
1: Uh, one of the last surveys I've seen of recreational fishing in the United States was that approximately 176 million people uh, have sport fish sometime in their life. So it breaks down to roughly a little under half the total population. So I think it's a shared experience that many Americans have together. It's a, a very family centric uh, activity that can be passed down through generations. Uh, we saw a spike this last year. and in all outdoor activities, fishing in particular.
0: Some of the uh, differences in where people fish here in Alaska.
1: We find fish in, in the different streams, mm-hmm. and feeds our bigger rivers. We've have, a lot of the salmon start uh, their journey in the either the north or the south, I mean the northwest Pacific or the north central Pacific in the ocean and move their way inland from the bigger rivers to the smaller headwater streams. and people fish throughout those. We have some larger lakes in Alaska, not just this small pond uh, that people fish at as well.
0: We learned in class it's not random where you place the fish. Fish
1: uh, want to have three things in their cover or their home. They need to feel safe from overhead predators. They need some easy access to food and they need a place where they can rest and not be bothered. And uh, like you said, Emily, not all Areas of water are the same. You know, they, may, they might be too shallow. They might be moving too fast for fish to want to be in it. They, it there may be a serious lack of food in that particular area. So, well, I think one thing you look for is uh, if you see vegetation in the water, uh, vegetation is a, a good place for aquatic insects and other uh, for crustaceans and invertebrates. To live, and then that's what the bigger fish feed on. Also, if you see smaller fish in the water, there could be big fish, big fish eat little fish.
0: I was talking to Ted about this earlier about just feeling very calm when fishing. Like, what does that do for the psyche?
1: For me, um, particularly if I decide to go, say, after work, some people run and they sort out their problems in running or in the weight room or on a bike. I do it when I'm out there casting, I can kind of sort through my problems of the day. Some of my future work is going to focus on outdoor recreation opportunities for those in the intellectual and developmentally disabled community. And what I've found is that when you take folks, it doesn't necessarily have to be fishing. My son, for example, likes long, long walks on paths, nature walks, hiking, that type of thing. But I find when they get out into nature and they're removed from all the external stimuli, that a, a household or busy city street, that they, they calm down. There's definitely a therapeutic value in that.
0: Alaska versus where you grew up originally, what are some of the differences and some of the things that made you want to stay here?
1: One of the, the differences that, uh, is just the uh, sheer sparseness of people. There's, I have had the opportunity in my 30-plus years up here to fly over parts of Alaska in small plains, and there is not a lot of anything. There's a whole lot of wilderness, and I've landed on smaller air, airstrips where you can hear nothing but the wind. There's no road noise, there's no nothing. It's, the vastness is, I think, until you come here and experience it, uh, you don't really have a concept of what vast means, yeah. what wilderness means.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of My Summer in Alaska. This podcast is presented by the University of Alaska, Fairbanks. A special thanks to producer Marmion Grimes and Samara Tabor. Thank you to everyone at UAF. For more information on the classes that I took, you can check out uaf.edu.